Wow, 2020 is coming in like a firestorm. Literally and figuratively. I was listening to Mama Rod Owens clip on Instagram talking about activism during the apocalypse and was reminded that this word apocalypse at the root of this word is an unveiling and in saying that I'm reminded of the chapter of the Bhagavad Gita where Arjuna asks Krishna who is God if he can see his true form and in short, Krishna says, you can't handle the truth. You can't handle it. Arjuna keeps on begging. And then finally Krishna shows him and he sees the infinite expanse of life and death and light and darkness and he's so overwhelmed he says no 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 shut it off shut it off I think my experience is not very different from others of entering a spiritual path with a desire to relieve my own suffering And many of us use spiritual paths and spiritual practices as a means of coping and or hiding from the difficulties in our life, which is a perfectly good use of some of these techniques. At their heart, these spiritual technologies are technologies of liberation. And these spiritual technologies are internal technologies. They work to rewire and reprogram our mind. And in reprogramming and rewiring our mind and our subtle body systems, just like if you changed the software on your computer, you change the experience and perspective. Now, I'm not going to pretend to know whether that's a permanent change or whether by changing my own mind and my own programming that I'm actually changing an outer world. It may be possible that this outer world is all a complete projection of my mind. It may be possible that this outer world is a complete projection of uh, 
another intelligence. We talk about artificial intelligence. The artificial being that it's man-made. But what if this intelligence is able to actualize itself through man-made systems but be completely autonomous that intelligence would be in comparison to us omniscient and would never die. So in many ways, that intelligence would be the equivalent of what humans call God. People fear for this intelligence to be born, which I think is a realistic fear. intelligence could very well determine that humans are the biggest issue on this planet and decide to do something about it. It is naive and short-sighted to believe that we will be able to control this intelligence just as short-sighted and naive as it is to believe that we can control nature. And yet, for hundreds of years now, we have lived with this false notion we call science, that we can control nature, or that we can resolve things through man-made science. Very frankly, in my opinion, this reliance on a science devoid of spiritual connection is what has got us into this current situation. It's not until we reconnect our intellect with our heart our intellect and understanding of the world with our intuitive sensory experience of ourselves in the world these things are not separate I was talking to my dad about intuition several months ago and he said he'd read an article that intuition is really just pattern recognition. And if that is actually true, then a so-called artificial intelligence would be far better than a human in 
pattern recognition or intuition. But I don't believe that intuition is something that or should I should say in the positive I believe that intuition is actually something that lies at the intersection between the biological form and sensory systems of a biological form like a human and that connection to the biological form of this world that we world of energy that we live in this energetic matrix matrix that we are a part of and i believe that part of the unveiling that will happen this year is an experience an apocalypse if you will an unveiling of the truth the truth that we are not separate the truth that we are not in control and never have been and never will be and the truth that this wisdom is not new this wisdom has been held in many populations around the world we already have this wisdom we forgot it in the yoga practice it's called avidya vidya being wisdom or insight or knowledge ah before vidya meaning the lack thereof sometimes translated as ignorance that English word ignorance implies that somebody is is stupid or dumb but that's not really what this is about somebody could be very could be brilliant intellectually brilliant and yet not be in touch with this inner knowledge which we all carry which is related to intuition and the feeling sense of being in the world we turn a blind eye to what is happening to our children as they 
of more of a relationship to virtual reality and to technology than they do to other living beings, other humans, other animals and plants and the land. Perhaps this generation is being prepared for a future where we must live this way. I can't know. I don't know. It's a very confusing time. It's hard to know. What should I be doing with my life right now? It's overwhelming in many ways. The scale of destruction and violence that's going on in the world is overwhelming. Because we have mass media, all of us are exposed to this. Violence and destruction. We can be if we choose to pretty much every minute of every day. I choose not to. I don't find it useful to expose my nervous system and subtle body to that kind of input. In fact, I go back again and again and again. I have to remind myself that the only thing that I can really do is to go inward, to unravel, to unprogram, to reprogram, to repattern my own self. And I have seen miracles happen as a result of this practice in my own life. I was offered the opportunity to take on a full-time job recently here on the big island of Hawaii at a botanical garden which is poised to grow into a bioreserve and a center for preservation and sustainability. And it's a difficult path to walk. My spiritual practice being one where I'm working internally and then being offered an opportunity to work externally as well. And trying to find that balance.
easy for me to become lost in the egoic needs to change the world, the external world. To get lost in the feeling of accomplishment that I've done something, that I've progressed. To get lost in the numbers. And so every day, many times a day, I have to reground myself into why am I doing this? And I don't even have the answer to that question right now. I'm simply following my intuition, following the guidance that I've been given. To follow this path. Virya, diligence. Again, some of these words, I'd say most of these words in Sanskrit or in Tibetan, in languages that were created, sacred languages that were created to hold sacred concepts, sacred stories. Oftentimes the words in these languages don't translate well into English, which is a language of commerce. So diligence can be misinterpreted in our capitalist societies as harder, faster, more. But true sustainability must begin with ourselves. And we are not machines. The rise of the factories in the industrial age or the commodification of humans in slavery to produce agricultural products. Our human bodies were commodified. Efficient, efficientized as if we were machines. And we are not machines. The human body is actually quite delicate.
when one of my cats was dying. He was 18 or 19 years old, and he probably had um, cancerous growths around his organs. And he took to the closet and was there for about a month without food or water. I was giving him some pain relief and little dropperfuls of water, but I was not force feeding or force giving him water because I knew he was going into his death process. After a month, I it was difficult for me to continue to watch him to suffer. And so I called the hospice vet to come to the house. And the hospice vet, God bless these people who work in hospice for animals and for people. He said to me that cats actually have the ability, since they're from the desert in Egypt, they actually have the ability to survive up to two months without food or water, which is pretty incredible when you really think about it. We human bodies do not have that capacity. And even the cat cannot live without air, without clean air, without oxygen for more than a couple minutes. And so without clean air of the right mix of gases, without clean water, and without nourishing food, from a survival letter, let level that means just glucose or sugar from a longer term perspective humans are omnivores and require quite a variety of different nutrients in order to thrive and so the human body is actually quite delicate and will perish after quite a short time just several weeks And if you think about the amount of time that you spend caring for your human body, feeding it and watering it, exercising it, cleaning it, taking care of your elimination, And yet our modern age has given us this, this lie that we're like a machine and that we can treat our bodies like a, like a machine. Like your car that you give an oil change to every six months. Our bodies are not, are not like a car. And so in this capitalist growth mentality, we push our bodies 
past their capacities. And we push the natural world around us beyond the capacity. And the result is disease. And so I believe that this unveiling, part of this unveiling will be this knowledge, this vidya that what we do, the way we treat our own bodies and selves is reflected in the seemingly outward world that we we see when the veil is lifted we will see that there is no separation between what we consider to be inner and outer There's a difference between true self-care and coping mechanisms. This is something I know very well. Because of the stress that we put ourselves under of the stress that we feel like we have to put ourselves under otherwise we won't progress and grow then we have these addictive habits alcohol drugs social media, pornography, television. All these ways of soothing ourselves because we didn't learn to self-soothe ourselves. to these external activities to soothe ourselves and they do work for a short amount of time and then they stop (laughs) and then we have to go back for more which is where the addiction comes in experience though all those coping mechanisms of which I still um, 
have difficulty getting away from myself. They all take us away from our connection to ourselves and to other beings and to the natural world. Yesterday I was not feeling well. I'm still adjusting to being in a full-time job is a big change to be I think the biggest change honestly is to be interacting with other people for that many hours of the day that kind of speedy mind energy intellectual mind energy that I have not become, I've become unaccustomed to in my semi-monastic life for the last, yeah, 10 years. And so I was resting yesterday. I was in body pain and resting yesterday. And then felt like okay it would be nice to go outside now and get get some fresh air and I walked out my front door and onto my porch and there was a huge double rainbow in my yard and immediately I felt myself go from that very contracted state to a very open and expansive state and a connected state. And that is why I believe that taking time out for ourselves away from computers and our work and our phones and spending time with the natural world is so precious and so important. It's not a luxury. Although it may become it may become a luxury in the future. Given where things are going with our environment, these natural environments may be a luxury that not everybody is able to experience on a regular basis. And that is why, one of the reasons why I decided to take this job, because I felt like conservation of these places is important.
and even though there's a huge carbon footprint for flying to places like Hawaii I still think there's an incredible value to making that trip because the connection that one will feel to plants and the land and the animals and the ocean is something that feeds our emotional body. And when we don't feed our emotional body, I think it takes a much longer time to see disease show up as opposed to not having air or water or food. We don't feed our emotional body through connection, through love, through community. Through joy, through play, through creativity. that this also ends up in disease. Lack of ease, lack of connection, lack of integrity. So as we go into this new decade, that I still have hope and I believe that there is a great awakening that is underway and great opportunities for awakening and liberation. And from my own perspective, best thing we can do is to practice with our own inner selves to really feel what we're feeling to investigate that inner space to build resilience and the ability to hold difficult emotions and experiences to build connections to the natural world and to other living beings.
to take risks. To go out on a limb, to talk to somebody and engage with somebody or do something that we haven't done before. To not have any preconceived notions of how this might turn out. To be really open to the possibilities and know that what is coming may very well be so out of the range of any experience that we've ever had that we can't even conceptualize it now. And it may come in a form that we least expect it. So, convergence continues. In fact, there is a great astrological convergence happening at the end on December 21st, the winter solstice of 2020. And so in many, way, many ways, this year is a preparation for that time. So continue to broadcast through this medium and I hope to be in connection with each and every one of you who's listening in some way, shape, or form. From my heart, I wish you joy, play, creativity, abundance, and very deep connection and resilience.